everyone, this is Megan, one of the owners at the Bookshelf in Winchester. We sell a variety of metaphysical products including crystals, incense, candles, books, tarot, and more. Come and check us out at 106 Featherbed Lane in Winchester, Virginia. We can't wait to see you soon. You're listening to Ghosted in West Virginia. Obsessors, oppressors, and possessors. I am Alec McCann, and with me as always, Julia McCann. And our baby, Ollie Bird. Who's getting his nails clipped right now? Who's he's so fascinated by it. So we are doing uh two stories today. One is the Willow uh willow's weep house Ooh. that one is real I'm excited for this one. It's, it's a good one but there wasn't because it's sort of a new thing the only thing the only place i've seen that it's like been so uh like looked at like in terms of mainstream media is the show unexplained with uh william shatner so uh and i found a couple of articles but it was really hard to like find something like a bunch of information on it yeah um so what i did was i took one state two stories so we have the willow's weep house that works and then we have the demon house in gary indiana that zach bagans bought and then demolished uh, except for a staircase oh so that's the uh the two things we're looking at today Gary, Indiana, and then somewhere else in Indiana, uh, which is the uh, Willow's Weeping, or Willow's Weep. Okay. And we'll start with Willow's Weep. Um, now, when we think of haunted houses, you know, we think of, like, the sprawling coastal mansions or, like, um, the crepid old, like, houses, you know, stuff. Yeah. Um, we might even, like, think of, like, a gothic stonemason house. Or something like that. Willow's Weep does not fit the stereotype or look. It's not imposing. Uh, but former residents, paranormal investigators, all have called it one of the most haunted houses in the Midwest, perhaps even the United States. In the small town of Cayuga, that's why I, I, don't, I think that's how you say it. I don't know. Cayuga, Indiana is an unassuming house on a quiet street by all appearances the lovely home named for the giant willow tree in the front yard appears completely normal even inviting but closer scrutiny reveals some alarming details the house is located at the center of a crossroad close to a river in both folklore and supernatural circles both crossroads and rivers are seen as spiritual meeting places often for demons and dark spirits yes and that's not the only uncanny thing about the property. From the front, the cute clapboard building seems like a great place to live, but from above, it is evident that Willow's Weep is, is cross-shaped and faces east. And if it wasn't clear by that alone, the entrance is located at the base, making the house an inverted cross. Is there pictures of this house? Yeah, you want to see it? Let me show you. This house has to be one of the creepiest looking houses. Like, I would buy it just because it looks creepy. But, alright, so this is it from just the ground, okay? You come over here. So this is it. It, it looks cute. Like, yeah. it's adorable. Let's find an aerial shot here. I'm sure they've got one. Here we go. Here's an aerial shot. I'll shoot. What have you done? You monster! That's not what I clicked. Here we go. Aerial shot. That's the house. Mm. So the entrance to the house is over here. And that makes it, you know, 
upside down. That is creepy. Yeah. Uh, and that is obviously like a very deliberate thing that they did there. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> inside, the geometry of the home is even more sinister. Though it may not be evident at first glance, the corners of the joining rooms meet in the main living room in, uh, in the living room area to form a pentagram. Now, I don't know how sure that, how, how, uh, documented that is. As I said, only one show has talked about this place. But, um, a man, and I think it'll come up in this, a man named David Spike or Spark, one of those two, has written a book about this house, and I want to get it. Okay. Um, but, he has been investigating it for quite some time. He bought it, stuff like that. Um, built in the 1890s, historians and paranormal investigators have assembled a trove of information about the history of the home, including every suspicious death and recorded haunting that has occurred in and around it. Deaths that define normal explanations have been recorded throughout the history of the property, uh, which included like poisonings, hangings, suicides... In fact, the, the very first recorded death of the man who was built, or who, of the man who built the house, uh, he, was found, he was found in his bathtub, and there was no cause of death determined. Oh. Now, granted, it is the 1800s, and that's, I mean, 1800s, early 1900s, but either way, the medical practices are not, you know, yeah. greatly up to par of something, you know, like... If people committed crimes the way they did in, like, CSI back then, no one's getting caught for murder. Like, the further back you go, the easier it is to get away with crimes. That's just how it is. Um, but death was just the beginning. Multiple former residents uh, reported hearing disembodied voices, witnessing poltergeist activity, and shadow figures. In the mid-1950s, while replacing a, for a floorboard, Residents found a crumpling book in the space uh, between the floor and the packed dirt under the house. Upon further inspection, they saw the strange book was a grimoire filled with horrific images of brutality and dark incantations. It was no Wicca book and obviously contained the owner's deepest secrets. Worse, according to the inscription, it belonged to a previous resident. So somebody in this house was doing some demon work creepy <clears throat> um petrified about the witch's possible return after the after burning the book the occupants moved out that seems like a strange thing to be worried about okay. all this witch is gonna find out we burned her book oh man she's gonna come out and she's gonna call us hitler oh who wants to be associated with that man and that mustache you know what? Hold on. First of all, let me let me break off here real quick. I know we're in the middle Hitler's of something. Hitler's mustache. Hitler's mustache. He's not the only person that's had it. All right. Um, Charlie Chaplin, a very famous silent movie star, had it around the same time. But can we also talk about the fact that Michael Jordan had an impressive NBA career while sporting the Hitler stash? Did he? Oh yeah, that man had. I mean, it's. I mean, it obviously forms a little bit different uh, because his hair forms differently than than Hitler's does. Hitler's was like straight, and his was like curly. But like, yeah, mm -hmm. he he had he had nothing but these little corner pieces right here, huh. and and went on to great success. So did Hitler. So did Charlie Chaplin. Maybe that's the success. <laughs> Maybe having a little mustache just Maybe above your lip. Maybe that's what you need. Maybe that's what... Oh, I don't know that I could... Uh, how funny would it be to see a Middle Eastern man... I've lost everybody that lives in West Virginia with that statement. Uh, <laughs> no, because... <it's>, uh, <laughs> um, no, but can you imagine a Middle Eastern man walking around? Little, little mustache. Yeah. I could even go around. Heist! Fine, fine! I only know how to count to nine. <laughs> Or maybe I know how to say no. Is nine no in German? I don't know. You're whiter than me. You should know. I don't know. My uh, family is even German, and I don't know. I know. The last name's Utterback. 
But look at uh, this little German baby you've produced. That's not my fault. He is way more I, German than Middle Eastern. I really tried. I tried. Uh, I tried to will brown hair as blonde. I tried to will hazelnut eyes. They're not. They're blue. <clears throat> I tried to give him dark skin, and it looked like he was taken to it. And now he's whiter than snow. Maybe he'll just tan easy. Maybe. But Whatever. He's, he's like, beautiful. He is. He's but the cutest little thing. Either way, Hitler mustache success. That's how it goes. Now back to the story. Um, <clears throat> uh, the story stayed in the family for generations until the grandson of the woman who found it called David Spinks and told him the tale. Ah, Spinks. That's his name, mm. David Spinks, not Spike or Sparkle or whatever it is that I said. Sparkles. It's Spink. I like sparkles. I like sparkles. I like sparkles. Me too. That was real stupid of me to say twice. Paranormal investigator David Spinks is the current owner and has personally done a lot of the uh, uh, investigations into the home. And I tried to find, like, EVPs and stuff like that, and apparently they're all in his book. No. Is that the book you said you wanted to get? Yeah. Um, no stranger to an evil house, he proposed that not only does it contain darkness, but could be the evilest house ever Ooh. built. Could be the evilest house. <sighs> I'm going to have to go there now. Because Where's it at? In Indiana? Yeah. At Gary, uh, uh, Cayuga, Indiana. There's not, trip. there's not a whole lot out in Indiana. Um, I was going to say potatoes, but that's That's Idaho. Idaho. And if we were going to Idaho, we'd go to Coeur d'Alene or something. Not Coeur d'Alene. Wherever, wherever the suck All dungeon is. Kids just got killed in Idaho. We don't need to go there. Because the killer has not been caught. Not well, kids college students all them kids that got cut up yeah mm, man don't talk about a scary story they developing there a, they don't even have a suspect for that yet <coughs> did y'all enjoy that you're obnoxious um, in our episode i know i don't know i just got real thirsty um so man well, maybe that'll turn into a tale. You know that's going to turn into an uh, urban legend at that school yeah. now. Like, I hate to... I'm not trying to be callous here. But like eventually it it's going to... happen. Yeah, but eventually it's going to be... Some kids were murdered in this very dorm by a man that they never caught. Well, the one girl's parents didn't even have her a funeral because they were scared that the person who killed her was going to be there. So they refused to have a funeral for her. Well, that seems harsh. Right? Like, real harsh. Unnecessarily mean. How dare he come in and ruin their grieving period? Because I'm not going to blame the family. If they're scared, they're scared. Yeah. Someone murdered their scared. daughter. Yeah. But how rude of the killer. <clears throat> um, now, because of this, Speaks actually believes uh, that it was possible that the house was created to contain the evil and the ghastly deaths weren't natural and uh, were actually uh, a dark influence. Oh. Yeah. <clears throat> now, before Sphinx came to own the house, it was the property of Brenda Johnson, who planned on renovating and selling the property onward, so she was going to flip it. She didn't believe in the supernatural, so buying a haunted house wasn't really a big deal. <clears throat> in the early days, she said there were no issues. Over time, strange things began occurring. At first, Johnson assumed it was the old house stuff uh, in keeping with the quirks of an old property. So, like, you know, oh, it's doors swinging on their <clears throat> hinges or slamming, occasionally banging from underneath the floor, which she figured was just like rotten pipes or something. Yeah. But then banging started to come from the walls and then the ceilings and then everywhere. And that was when uh, uh, people started getting hurt. Um, Johnson's son was working on the ceiling and 
securely fastened to the boards, or I'm sorry, securely affixed boards came flying off, striking and injuring him. Uh, shortly after, Brenda reported being scratched by something unseen and finding six claw marks uh, as though a person with an extra finger raked their nails over her back. Creepy. Uh, around the same time as she bought the house, Johnson hired a maintenance man. Now, Deborah heard a cry from outside and uh, where he had been mowing the lawn. She rushed outside. I don't know who Deborah is, but Deborah's in this story. So thank you, Deborah, for being in this story. Maybe <laughs> she's a neighbor. I don't know who she is. Uh, No, I was about to say, did someone spell Brenda wrong twice? But I don't think so. So Deborah is just someone. She hears a cry from outside. She rushes to investigate and finds the man crumpled against the wall of the house unconscious. That's creepy. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, after being rushed to the emergency room, it was discovered that his spine had been nearly fractured and several places Ooh. how do you nearly fracture something i don't know in several places i don't know maybe it just like cracked or something well no that would that would be a fracture i don't know like maybe the bones maybe were, were bruised like little hairline <coughs> fractures it's like a fracture i don't know i don't know maybe do they do hairline fractures not count as fractures i don't know because I think everybody gets hairline fractures, don't they? Well, there's those and there's stress fractures and I don't know. Yeah. <clears throat> you put that binky back in your mouth, you mean child. <laughs> the devil is with you, I feel it. Um, after being rushed to the emergency room, it was discovered that his spine was nearly fractured in several places. He couldn't remember what had happened, but Deborah suspects that oh my. that Deborah or that he didn't heed her warning and got too close to the willow tree. When did Deborah warn anybody right. about a willow tree? I feel like I feel like the people that wrote this article are silly yeah awesome. either way deborah is a person <clears throat> um she is i'm guaranteeing you they said deborah but it's supposed to be brenda maybe all right we're gonna pretend like yeah it's brenda okay uh, it's Brenda. So Brenda has told this handyman, hey, don't get too close to that tree for some reason. The tree is rumored to contain the spirits of vengeful dead or demons. And after her son's accident and her own attack, she began to pay attention to the stories she'd previously ignored. Upon discharge from the hospital and some recuperation, the handyman said he was felt well enough to finish the work he was contracted to perform, including checking under the house to verify if any of the strange banging actually was being caused by the pipes. <clears throat> In order to access the plumbing, he had to go through the entrance of the exterior access hatch and crawl on his belly. But once under his house, or once under the house, he discovered that this was easier said than done. Where there should have been packed dirt were mounds of varying size, or various sizing, sizes. <laughs> Assuming it was the work of groundhogs and rodents, he began to push them aside and clear a path. It was while clearing this path that he found the bone. He wanted to assume that it was from a long-buried pet or maybe livestock that had gotten under the house and died. He got livestock? Well, it was a whole cow came under here and <laughs> died under the porch. Right. I don't know what happened with livestock. Oh, my goodness. What was a whole goat came under here and said, oh, man, I don't know how to get out. You better not eat this wood. I don't know, livestock. Yeah, that doesn't quite make sense. What's, what's wrong with this handyman? He's like, I'm a pig. Or maybe it was like chickens. Oh, I guess chickens are livestock. Well, fine, make me sound like a dick. Well, I'm just trying to figure out 
why wouldn't he just say chickens instead of I don't know his livestock is a cow. These people are crazy. He's like, oh my goodness. Someone buried a whole cow under. Yeah. Cow, horse, maybe a goat. I don't think a bird. I don't think a fowlery yeah. as chickens. I don't know. I don't know. We'll pretend it's a chicken because the chicken will fit nicely. I mean, you got a dead cow. You clean that cow. You put yeah. them bones under there. But who's burying bones? That's, That's true. gross. Um, he couldn't maintain, oh, uh, he believes, so he believes that a, a pet or some, some sort of livestock got, got under the house and died, but he couldn't maintain that belief for long. Out of the darkness came hands, uh, he couldn't see or touch pulling at him and trying to drag him down and I'm gone. If someone tries to grab me and pull me under, I'm already right. in a confined yeah, space that I you. don't like. I, I hate, like... When we lived in the old house and I had to go under the house Ooh, yeah. for that, I hated doing that. That was creepy. Oh, man. Like, and then when our when our power went out from that light or the storm we had yeah. and I had to get under the your dad's porch, like, I can stand up in there a little bit and I still was like, I don't want to go far yeah. back in there. I don't like that. But under our old house, you had to crawl. Yeah, I had to crawl. And I, uh-uh. No, thank you. I don't want none of that. No parts of that. So then, after struggling for what felt like an eternity, he was able to free himself. Johnson, hearing the commotion uh, while working above, ran outside just in time to see the handyman crawl from the hatch, panning and panicked. He threw the bone at her. <laughs> <laughs> he threw the bone at her and declared he would never go under the house again. <laughs> And if that was a problem, she could find another contractor. Could you imagine just... I, first of all, you throw a bone at me, you're fired anyway. Right? I'd be like, what in the world? Well, she would come out from under my house and throw a bone at me and tell me you're not going under there again. <laughs> Brenda, sensing the bone might be related to the other accidents, brought it to a local physician. The doctor quickly identified it as the intact humerus of an older child long dead. Law enforcement was called, but because the bone was over 50 years old, the police declined to investigate. Oh, oh, good. Right? 50-year-old bones of a child. Is this Hardy County police? Right? Watch them listening. I don't, I don't even care, honestly. <laughs> There's only one of them, two, I have any kind of respect for. There you go. And I can say their names if they would like. <laughs> go ahead. You really oh. want me to? Yeah, well, I'm being a jerk. Obviously, Alicia. Yeah. And JT. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There you go, guys. If y'all listen, just know you're the only cops worth anything here. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, unsatisfied with ignoring the house's deepest secrets, Johnson did some research and called David Spinks. Spinks first... Spinks's first introduction to Willow's Weep was through his work as a paranormal investigator. After determining there was nothing she could do to change the house and not wanting her or her family to become a part of Willow's Weep uh, legacy, like suspicious death or so much, she sold the house to Spinks and never looked back. What if, what if this is a Scooby-Doo situation and he really wanted the house but couldn't afford it? Right. So he just, he just starts. He just under it. and then like is in the walls throwing wood at her son, <laughs> <laughs> just so he can buy this house <laughs> and turn it into a haunted attraction. <laughs> um, after assembling stories and allowing numerous paranormal investigators entry to uh, study and observe, a number of theories have been developed to explain why this strange house with its strange shape and its strange location came to be. The most plausible theory, the one that accounts for the idiosyncratic uh, shapes, the hauntings, the attacks, uh, is that the house was constructed not to attract demons and ghosts, but to trap them. But whether this was an act of goodwill or the project of someone sinister is a dark secret that we may never know. Here is another fun thing. So I did find not necessarily a story because they didn't they didn't really go into it, okay? But uh, let me see if I can find 
Willows, Weep. Here we go. Uh, so there is inside this house, here we go, this picture. Inside this Willows Weeps house, and you'll have to put this on Instagram here. Would you see that? Mm -hmm. That just, it, she had a picture there. Uh, I think it was a religious picture or maybe even a religious cross. And she said that she, when she came back into the room after leaving it, the cross had crumpled uh, and it was a metal cross. So it had like melted Ooh. and fell to the floor. <laughs> And this was behind it. That's weird. Burned into the wood. And that looks very much like a goat head. Yeah. So that was a cool thing that was there, too. Uh, and that's, you know, that's Willow's Weep. Uh, a pretty fun little little story, little, little thing there. Now let's go to Gary, Indiana for a pretty, pretty scary story in and of itself. Uh, honestly... It's it's a good a good time. I heard that they were planning on making a movie from this, but I don't know if they will. Paranormal investigators like Zach Baggins, Baggins, Baggins. I always thought it Baggins. was Baggins, but I have an accent a little bit. I think it's Baggins, like Bilbo. What did he poop? Yeah. Well, change him. So Zach Baggins couldn't handle it. He purchased the house uh, in hopes of shooting a documentary on demons. And well, after a ton of creepy and strange things happened, he ended up having the house demolished. I am speaking, of course, of the demon house in Gary, Indiana, uh, that was owned for a while by, um, oh, shoot. I used to know their names. <sighs> I want to say LaToya, but I don't know that that's right, because there's also a LaToya Jackson, and that could be the name that I'm thinking of, which is terrible, because they're not the same person, and I know that, but I also like LaToya Jackson. I've never actually heard her sing or anything. I just like the name LaToya Jackson. What does LaToya Jackson even look like? I don't is know. Is she famous? I mean, I've heard her name before, but I don't know. Me too. But I feel like, I feel like the most famous Jacksons are Janet and Michael. And Blanket. I don't think Blanket is necessarily famous, except just, his name is Blanket. I just remember the name. Is that the one he held over the balcony? With a blanket over his head, yeah. yeah. I remember, I re <laughs> oh man, hold on. I remember when Law and Order, <laughs> I want to say the original Law and Order, the normal one. Yeah based an episode off of a pop singer throwing his baby <laughs> off of a balcony <laughs> because of and it, it came out and said based on true headlines nice and it was because michael jackson held the baby over the thing which fair enough that was the stupidest move i've ever seen a parent make <laughs> Oh, man. And I've seen parents not take their children to the doctor when they have tonsillitis. Right? Oh, <laughs> man. Oh, so anyway, um, according to those who witnessed a lot of the disturbing activity, the place was a real deal haunted house. The interesting thing is that even the police officers and state officials witnessed things. And that was what... We're going to have to watch that documentary tonight because I think I might want to watch it. That's pretty Which long. Is it? The Demon House. Oh, okay. The Zach Bagans yeah. one. It's a long one? Yeah, it's a long one. You didn't know it was a long one? We've watched it before. Oh, was that the one that was like two days long? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like he investigates it for like 30 minutes but like has people come yeah. in and gather story and tells you the whole thing it's like one long episode yeah. of ghost adventures but it's okay like it's creepy it's way creepier than what we put out on this show so yeah, yeah whatever um, now Zach bought the house to film his documentary uh, on demons his uh, documentary was set to be released in the fall of 2015 and was supposed to be pretty intense. There were too many things that went wrong on and off set. Most of the footage was scrapped, 
but then some of the lost footage emerged. Uh, so you have the exorcisms of Latoya Ammons. There we go. 3860 Carolina Street, November 2011. Latoya Ammons, her mother Rose Campbell, and her three children, ages 7, 9, and 12, move into a house located at 3860 Carolina Street, Gary, Indiana. A woman and her three children who claimed to be possessed by demons. Nine-year-old boy walking backward up Ew. a wall in the presence of fam a family case manager and I hospital nurse. That. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Gary Police Captain Charles Austin said that it was the strangest story he had ever heard. Austin, a 36-year veteran of the Gary Police Department, said he initially thought Indianapolis resident Latoya Ammons. Really. All that noise. Um, concocted an elaborate tale as a way to make money, but after several visits to her home and interviews with witnesses, Austin said simply, I am a believer. So he was like, I'm pretty sure they're making this stuff up. And it sounds like he was the kind of cop that would bust them. Right. And... Not to not to put uh, not to put a whole bunch of uh, uh, political spin on this, but the Amons family were black, and I looked Austin up, and he is very very much a white guy, and if we play statistics, he was he was more than likely harder on them than he would have been another family. Yeah. And possibly not even have known. You know what I mean? Like, not known he was treating them any different. Yeah. I'm not saying he was being a bad dude. I'm just saying if you play statistics, they probably, he was probably going to come down harder on them and instead said, nope, that crap was real. They are telling the truth. So, very cool to have, have a cop, a 36-year-old yeah. Uh, cop, not thirty-six year old, but like had been on the force for thirty-six years. Um, so then the Ammons. Uh, it led to one of the most unusual cases ever handled by the Department of Child Services. Many of the events are detailed in nearly eight hundred pages of official records obtained uh, by the Indianapolis Star and recounted in more than a dozen interviews with police, DCS personnel, psychologists, family members, and a Catholic priest. Ooh. It's a lot. Yes. So in November 2011, the Ammons family finally moves into a rental house on the Carolina Street in Gary, Indiana, a quiet lane lined with small one-story homes. Big black flies suddenly swarmed their screen porch in December, despite the winter chill. And Indiana is one of those places where it gets cold, cold. Yeah. It's it's right up there with with if I'm not mistaken, it's with Michigan, and like Colorado and that type of area. Yeah. Like when I think of Indiana, I think of it being over near there, maybe even near Arizona. But I feel like Arizona doesn't get that cold. I don't know. It's a desert. They get cold. The lady that I play my game with is from Arizona, and it seems like our temperature is always the same as hers. Oh, okay. Except their heat is not humid like ours. Right, okay. But temperature-wise, it seems to always be the same. All right, jeez, I'm not a weatherologist, okay? <laughs> <laughs> um, so... The statements made, this is not normal, by Ammon's mother, Rosa Campbell, uh, who remembers thinking, we killed them and killed them and killed them, but they kept coming back. Creepy. There were other strange happenings, too. After midnight, we'll let it all hang out. Couldn't resist. I'm sorry. That was too good. Oh, well, no. After midnight... <laughs> Campbell and Ammons both said they occasionally heard the steady clump of footsteps climbing the basement stairs and the creak of the door opening between the basement and kitchen. No one was there. Even after they locked the door, the noise continued. 
Campbell said she woke one night and saw a shadowy figure of a man pacing her living room. She leapt out of bed to investigate, found large, wet boot prints. On March 10th, 20... (laughs) I'm going to beat you up. Oh. Oh, no. Man. His bottle beat him up instead. On March 10th, 2012, Campbell said the family's unease turned to fear. It was about 2 a.m. Normally, Campbell, Ammons, and her children would have been asleep, but they were mourning the death of a loved one with a group of friends. Ammons, uh, who was in Campbell's bedroom, startled everyone by screaming, Mama! Mama! Campbell said she ran into her bedroom where her then 12-year-old granddaughter and friend were staying. Ammons and Campbell said the 12-year-old was levitating above the bed unconscious. According to their account of events, Ammons and several others surrounded the girl praying, and Campbell said she remembers being terrified. I thought, what's going on? Campbell said, why is this happening? Eventually, Campbell said her granddaughter descended onto the bed. The girl woke up with no memory of what had happened, and Campbell said that that's how it went. Does he not? No. I don't know. I'm being attacked, ladies and gentlemen. I'm being attacked. He had a snack. He had a bottle. Campbell and Ammon said the people who were visiting that night refused to return. And fair enough. Now, there are pictures. Uh, Here's a picture of the house. Oh, that house looks like my aunt and uncle's house. Did it have a person in the window like it does there? No, but it legit, like, this looks exactly like their house. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Maybe it's haunted. Is it still there? Yeah, they live in it. Oh, have I met them? Who is it? My aunt and uncle. Which ones? Gary and Tama. I don't remember being at their house. We were outside. No, I remember remember going to their house. I just don't remember it at all. Yeah. Campbell says she remembers telling her daughter, we need help. We need to talk to someone who knows how to deal with it. Campbell and Ammon said they didn't know exactly what it was, but they believed it was something supernatural. They called local churches, but most refused to listen. Eventually, after listening to Campbell and Ammons talk about the house and visiting it, officials at one church told them the Carolina Street house had spirits in it. They recommended the family clean the house with bleach and ammonia, then use oil to draw crosses on every door and window. That is, I never in my life, in my studies of supernatural entities, have I ever heard, oh... You got a ghost in your house? Why don't you just clean it with bleach and ammonia and get right. them right out? First of all, what? That is weird. Bleach and ammonia? That's how you get yourself out. Yeah, this is 100% way to die. Right? I don't know if those are actually deadly combinations, but I don't... Well, the smell. I, I that's know. what I'm talking yeah, no, about. The, well, bleach in and of itself. I came home from cleaning that one house and was, like, dying. Yeah, bleach is rough. So is ammonia. I can't imagine cleaning together. Oof, man, and the eyes? Oof, man. Uh, at the church's suggestion, um, Ammon said she poured olive oil on her three children's hand and feet, then smeared oil in the shapes of crosses on their forehead. Campbell and Ammons also said, or also told the star they reached out to two clairvoyants who said the family home was besieged by more than 200 demons. You guys enjoying these sounds? The explanation made sense to Campbell and Ammons, uh, they say, because it meshed with their Christian faith. I would say my child walked backwards up a wall. Right. That's not normal. Nor is that a mental illness. You're right, I have a demon. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you very much. You can't pass that off as a mental illness either. Nope. Uh, The best thing you can do is move, Ammons remembers the clairvoyant telling her, but moving wasn't really an option for the cash-strapped family. I hate when people say you gotta move. Like, I understand you need to get out, but sometimes you can't. Like, if this house was to be besieged by a demonic force, we just have to deal with it. Yeah. Like, we can't leave. 
What are we gonna uh 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 Habitat for Humanity? Would that you, we don't even have in this right, county. Would you please help us out? We are being attacked by demons right. on a regular basis. And they've already uh, loop-told my poop hole. And I'm a little <laughs> worried about what's going to happen to my life. Please, get us out of here. <laughs> um, instead, Ammon said she took the clairvoyance advice... And made an altar in the basement. Oh, yeah, no, that's a brilliant idea. Let's... Oh, okay. Ammons covered an end table with a white sheet, then placed a white candle and a statue of Mary, Joseph, and Jesus on it, and opened a Bible to Psalm 91. First of all, speaking as a religious studier, you want to make something holy out of Mary? Fine. She was an outlier. She was a woman that didn't have uh, 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 sex. Why did it take me that long to come up with I have that, so I should know what it is. But, <laughs> but not only that, she birthed a baby without having sex. You know, So you want to make something holy out of her, whatever. Although I don't agree with it. I think it's terrible. You're elevating a human over what? But her circumstances, she was special because she was chosen to do that. Joseph? He was stepdaddy. Like, like that's what he, 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 he was like, it's like, well, you know what I'm saying. Rude. So, but Joseph wasn't really important uh, to anything. He's barely mentioned in any of it. Oh, they're bringing the baby back. See, I don't know why you tell him to hold on to him. He holds him for five seconds. Oliver! Oliver! Stripe! And I don't know what Psalm 91 says. You want to look that up real quick? While sure. I, uh, while I look, go through this. She said uh, she and another person donned white t-shirts and wound white scarves around their heads. Ammon said nothing odd happened for three days. I don't understand why. What's the significance of white T-shirts and white scarves? I don't know. What's the What's the verse say? Um, is it just Psalm ninety one? Yeah, just read a little bit. You know. The one who lives under the protection of the Most High dwells in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say concerning the Lord, who is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in whom I trust. He himself will rescue you from the bird trap, from the destructive plague. Okay, I get it. I get it. Basically saying, you know, you can't touch us because we are... He will cover protected. you with his feathers. I know that part. Oh, yeah? Yes. All right. <clears throat> um, but after they do this, nothing happens for three days. But things get worse afterwards. The family said uh, demons possessed Ammons and her children. Uh, who were at the time 7, 9, and 12. The kids' eyes bulged. Evil smiles crossed their faces and their voices deepened every time it happened. Campbell said the demons didn't affect her because she was born with protection from evil. She's, uh, she said she and others like her have a guardian who protects them. Uh, Ammons said she felt weak, lightheaded, and warm when she was possessed. Her body shook and she felt like she was out of control. I wonder if Miss Campbell here dabbles in some hoodoo type it stuff. It seems like it. She seems very, very much like it. Um, <clears throat> she said, you can tell it's different, something supernatural. The youngest boy, seven, sat in a closet talking to a boy that no one else could see. And the other boy was describing what it felt like to be killed. Oh, what? No. No, thank you. Campbell said the seven-year-old once flew out of the bathroom as if he'd been thrown, and a headboard once smacked into Ammon's daughter, causing a wound that needed stitches. The 12-year-old would later tell mental health professionals that she sometimes felt as if she were being choked or held down so she couldn't speak or move. She said she heard a voice say she'd never see her family again and wouldn't live another 20 minutes. <clears throat> Some nights were so bad the family slept at a hotel. Finally, in desperation, they went to a family physician, Dr. Jeffrey... Oh, no. 
I don't know how to say this name. I'm fairly certain it is actually a pure African name. Um, Onye Kwu. Kwa? On, Onye Kwu. Oh, man, that is. Yeah. On, Onye Kwu. Kwu? I don't know. Uh, please don't think me rude. I just don't know how to pronounce that. On April 19th, 2012, Ammon said she told him what they were going through, hoping he might understand. Onyekwu told the star, why couldn't they just call him Jeffrey? Right. Like, they had to go with his last name. Of course, that you can't spell or say. Right. Jeffrey told the star it was bizarre. 20 years, and I've never heard anything like that in my life. I was scared myself when I walked into the room. He said he would not speak more detail unless the Ammons had psychiatric clearance for the waiver of confidentiality she had signed. In his medical notes uh, about the visit, Jeffrey wrote delusions of ghost in home and hallucinations. He also wrote history of ghost at home and delusional. Um, what Ammons and Campbell say happened next also was detailed in a DCS report of a family case manager's interview with the medical staff. Campbell said Ammons' son cursed Jeffrey <laughs> in demonic voices raging at him. Medical staff said the youngest boy was lifted and thrown into the wall with nobody touching him. Yeah according to a DCS report. The boys, abrupt, uh, the boys abruptly passed out and wouldn't come to. She cradled one boy in her arms and Ammons held the other. Someone from the doctor's office called 911. Jeffrey said seven or eight officers and multiple ambulance, ambulances showed up. Everybody was... Well, they couldn't figure out exactly what was happening, he recalled. Police and emergency personnel took the boys to Methodist Hospital campus in Gary. Ammon said the hospital personnel laughed at her desire to anoint her sons in olive oil. I couldn't talk to them, so I talked to God. The boys woke up in the hospital. The older boy acted rationally, but the youngest screamed and thrashed. She said it took five men to hold him down. Meanwhile, someone called DCS and asked the agency to investigate Ammons for possible child abuse or neglect. The caller, who was not named in the DCS report, speculated that Ammons might have a mental illness. The person believed the children were performing for Ammons and she was encouraging their behavior. DCS family case manager Valerie Washington was asked to handle the initial investigation and she gave the following account to police and her intake officer's report. <clears throat> uh, hospital personnel examined Ammons and her children and found them to be healthy and free of marks or bruises. A hospital psychiatrist evaluated Ammons and determined she was of sound of mind. Washington interviewed the family in the hospital. While she spoke to Ammons, the seven-year-old boy started to growl while showing his teeth. His eyes rolled back into his head. The boy locked his hands around his older brother's throat and refused to let go until adults pried his hands open. Later that evening, Washington and registered nurse Willie Lee Walker, man, I love these names, right. brought the two, well, not that la for last one, because that last one, I'm, I'm telling you, on, on, on Wakabuka. Right. I just can't. Jeffrey. Um, the seven-year-old stared into his brother's eyes and began to growl again. It's time to die, the boy said in a deep, unnatural voice. I will kill you. While the youngest boy spoke, the older boy started headbutting Campbell in the stomach. Campbell grabbed her grandson's hands and started praying. What happened next would next? <laughs> what happened next would rattle the witnesses and to some it would offer not only evidence but proof of paranormal activity according to washington's original dcs report an account corroborated by walker the nurse the nine-year-old had a weird grin and walked backwards up the ceiling he then flipped over campbell 
landing on his feet, and he never let go of his grandmother's hand. He walked up the wall, flipped over her, and stood there. There's no way he could have done that. Later, police asked Washington whether the boy had run up the wall as though performing an acrobatic trick. No, she said. The boy glided backward on the wall and ceiling. Washington did not respond to the star's request for comment, but she told police she was scared when it happened and ran out of the room. As for Walker, Washington said, he ran out with me. We didn't know what was going on, and that was crazy. I was like, everybody got to (laughs) go. That's Walker for you. We didn't know what was going on. According to Washington's report, they told a doctor what happened. The doctor, who did not believe them, asked the boy to walk up the wall again. Walker said to the doctor, he doubted the boy could repeat the feat. This kid was not himself when he did that, Walker said. The boy said he didn't remember what had happened and couldn't do it, according to Washington's report. Walker, who uh, said he previously believed in demons and spirits, thought the boy's behavior had some demonic spirit to it, but also was the result of a mental illness. How do you mentally ill yourself up a wall? How do you mentally ill yourself up a wall? Come on. A police report quoted Washington saying she believed there could be an evil influence affecting the family. Ammons said that she spent the night at the hospital with her seven-year-old son while Campbell took Ammons' daughter and her older son to a relative's home in Gary. The next day was Ammons' youngest son's eighth birthday. Ammons said DCS officials asked Campbell to bring the older children back to the hospital, presumably to talk more about what had happened. The family celebrated the boy's birthday by singing and eating a miniature cake, and then Ammons said Washington told them the children wouldn't be going home. DCS took the emergency step of taking custody of the children without a court order. All of the children were experiencing supernatural, spiritual, and emotional distress, Washington wrote in the DCS form. Ammons told the star she and her children cried because they didn't want to be separated. We'd already been through so much and fought so hard for our lives. It was obvious we were a team and we were beating it, whatever we were fighting. We made it through together as a team and they separated us. The Reverend Michael Magno was leading Bible study in his living room in the morning of April 20th, 2012, when he received the call from the hospital chaplain. Magano had been the priest of St. Stephen Martyr Parish in Maryville uh, for more than 10 years, but had never received a request like this one. The chaplain asked him to perform an exorcism on the nine-year-old son. Magano agreed to interview the family uh, after Sunday Mass a few days later. The first step, Magano said, was ruling out natural causes for what Ammons and her family said they were experiencing. He visited Ammons and the Campbell or Ammons and Campbell in the Carolina Street home and for two hours Ammons His Binky's gone. Well, that's unfortunate. Uh, Ammons and Campbell detailed the phenomenon for him. Then Campbell interrupted the interview to point out a flickering light. The flickering stopped each time Magno walked over to investigate, when he, uh, which he attributed to a demonic presence. It must be scared of me, he later told, or, yeah, it must be scared of me, he later told the star. The interview was interrupted again when Campbell pointed out the Venetian blinds in the kitchen were swinging, even though there was no air current. Magno, son, I'm, I beg you to back up said he also saw wet footprints throughout the living room. (laughs) Ammons complained about having a headache. Magno said she convulsed when he placed a crucifix against her head. After a four-hour interview, Magno said he was convinced the family was being tormented by demons, and he also said uh, he believed there were ghosts in the house. Magno blessed the house before he left, praying reading from the Bible and sprinkling holy water in each room. He told Ammons and Campbell to leave because it wasn't safe, and they temporarily moved in with a relative. 
And that is where we will leave this story. Because I think this should be next week's episode. Okay. Because we have uh, one episode. We have Krampus coming up. Yeah. Which, if we release another one next week, Krampus will be two weeks before Christmas. And then we can release our final Christmas episode on Christmas. Perfect. So everybody look for a live ghosted Christmas spectacular on Christmas. All right? And we love you all, just so you know. But we are going to leave it right there. I'm going to save this uh, document here so that we can have it. Uh, I, I wrote a whole bunch on here. So just know. And remember, it's in there. Okay. Um, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. We have a couple of things in the works. Uh, first and foremost, uh, we are being, uh, I don't want to say sponsored, but promoted uh, by Right Live. And it's uh, a company that does uh, live events. They promote your live events if you have something going on. Um, they will help you get it out there and get people to come. Um, so, like, we just here in Wardensville just had uh, a very fun Christmas spectacular. It was very cute. Um, but what he would have done, uh, or what this company would have done, is they would have taken this thing and spread it throughout the area uh, in a way that would... Uh, garner more attention so uh, basically he, he takes something that has some attention and, and makes it get more attention uh, so I am excited to be working with him Yeah. and uh, here not this month but in January we are planning a, co a collab uh, episode with uh, the Wilson King podcast so be on the lookout for that uh, he records his podcast out of what did I say? Cross, Cross Junction. Junction. Cross Junction. <laughs> so be ready for that. Thank you. And uh, <laughs> I am so sorry for the ending of this episode. I'm so excited. I know, but it's really, really there's his binky. Put it in there. Get it, get it going. Get it, get that, get that. Hold it in there. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Binks. There we go. Oh, it's Binks. He's got the hiccups. Yeah, it's the Binks. Um, so <laughs> thank you very much for listening, guys. We've gotten, we've got, we've gone really far. Um, please remember to rate and review us wherever you're listening to podcasts. It really helps us. Uh, gets, gets the word out. Tell your friends and family about us. Tell them how much you love listening to our baby squeal over our voices. Um, how much you love all of that. Uh, everything that that entails. Um, and uh, we got some really good news from Spotify. Uh, we are the in the top 25% of downloaded, listened to, and followed uh, podcasts in our genre which I recently found out was religion and spirituality. Well, Didn't think, I don't know where that genre came from, but whatever. That's what we are. We're religion and spirituality. Well, that's where people know to find us now. Yeah, and we are doing better than most uh, spirituality religious podcasts out there. Interesting. I say most. We're better than 25% of them. <laughs> so we're better than a quarter of them. Wait, wait top 25%. Never mind. We're better than more than a quarter. We are the quarter. We are the quarter. <laughs> um, so check us out on Patreon. We'll have some stuff up there. We've got a lot of Christmas Patreon stuff planned. Uh, including bits and pieces. Uh, I don't know. No, not bits and pieces. We, but we do have some uh, little, we're going to put up a little short many episodes up on Patreon of uh, ghost stories uh, for Christmas. So, uh, because the, the British uh, are coming. Well, yes, <laughs> but 
we are also, I thought it'd be fun because the British often associated back in the Victorian days uh, with Christmas with ghosts. Yes. So uh, I thought it'd be fun to do some of those stories or like stories involving ghosts around Christmas. Yes. It will be fun. Um, so everybody, thank you for listening. Follow us on our uh, social media pages. Instagram, uh, ghosted.wv. Uh, Facebook, JNA's Ghosted. Or it's an ampersand. And, uh, Jules, you got anything? No. Nothing? Nothing you want to say to these people? No. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening. Be kind. Rewind. And if you're not one of the cops I mentioned, don't pull me over. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Stop. Because I won't all good. Yeah, that's great. All right, guys. Uh, thank you for listening, and we'll see you back here next week on Sunday, and hopefully it'll be earlier. But we will have the finish of the Demon House in Gary, Indiana. All right. Bye-bye. Oh, no. Where's the, where's the ending? Oh, no.